Welcome to Bush's board Stop game it. thing. Okay, five, four, three, two, one, go. Well, if it was you, right, if this is Bush's board game thing. If this is Brian's, what? What would your podcast be, be about? Brian's board game thing. No, no, no. You can't the, do board keep, games. Keep the alliteration. No, 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 no. We, we, Eloise and I would do a. a we'd be it. the real, the continuity board game thing. Right. What are you going to do? I'd be Brian Murphy's board game thing, and then board game thing would be in italics, if to say, you know, I don't. I'd sue you if you what? tried to play any festivals in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> I would sue your ass. What if I sued you first? Well, you or I countersued you? You'd have to, uh, you're not allowed to use the board game thing uh, mantle. You'd have to, yeah, have something a little bit look, different. Let's just take the ass. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back a step. I'm going to step back. If you step back as well, let's just meet in the middle, okay? All right, Eloise, you can start it off then because we're going to meet in the middle. <laughs> Go on. Now, uh, now I feel the pressure that you're all going to tell me off. No, no, just do it. Um, welcome, this is Bush's board game thing. Yes! Yeah, the weekly podcast, uh, which is a much about the conversations uh, the board games start when you sat around the table as the board games themselves. Uh, I apologise if it's difficult at this start bit because my note sheet that I've written on my little electronic notebook, I left in the studio for two minutes whilst I got us a coffee. What do you think Brian's drawn all over my, my notes? Can I just have the one guess? Because I don't need three. Just, just the one. What, what, what's he drawn all over my notes? Penises. It has. Literally, uh, look, service station, toilet look, wall. I didn't... I didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want to have to do it. But you know the rules. If you leave something unattended, I will draw penises on it. That's this just, is that's the equivalent it. of when we used to all be office-based and Brian, if you left your computer unlocked, Brian would send an email to the boss and oh. be like, I'm going to fight you three o'clock yeah. in the park. That's and then so you'd childish. get an email from your boss saying, why do you want to fight me? So uh, some of my favourites would be to send an all-office, uh, do you want to start um, uh, Extreme Frisbee League? Right, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the great one, which was, which was fantastic, was... Um, please don't tell anybody, but I'm in really bad debt at the moment. Can you lend me £5,000? That was a really good one. I liked the realistic ones, like, there's a competition, please yep. reply, be the first to reply. Yep. And people would reply all and be like, I'd really love them, yep. thank you! Yeah. Yep. Uh, the other favourite one was uh, claiming that you've launched a, a career as a singer. Can you come down and see me? I'm playing with Candle Apollo tonight. Um, yeah, but then someone called me uh, Colin Hunt and said you'd like the Colin Hunt oh. show and then I sort of they were right so I, point. I stopped <laughs> walking around with a, a little tie with someone pointing up saying yeah. call that a knot yeah, I didn't exactly. realise that's what stopped you <laughs> yeah, no, so that's why I've stopped and also HR told me to stop doing it but it was the Colin Hunt thing but if uh, for, if anyone wants to know there are one, two, three different of so, these things and you've done veins what do you on think of the, the big one where I've done it so it, in perspective it's behind the writing that's the one I'm most proud you've of you've taken a lot of care and attention to it did you notice the veins <laughs> yeah, yeah, the veins of the Oh, wow. There you oh, go. Wow. Is that a notebook that we can take a photo of and show the lovely people on, on the gram? Given this, I don't think this, the Danish company that made this notebook, this electronic notebook, I don't think what they had in mind was this, but you can forward the PDF of the actual note in situ. So if, if people at Board Game Thing, if this is someone you want to see in full glory, <laughs> then we can make that happen. Uh, can I just say, I am cock a hoop because last night I did some face to face board gaming. At a board game cafe for the first time in ages at Drafts. Wow. Which is an amazing oh, right. thing. Who, who we, are, yeah, yeah, who who we weren't invited. You know, weirdly enough, uh, my friend uh, Darren, who listens to the podcast, messaged me to say, Oh, did Brian and Eloise enjoy the game? And I was like, Oh, no, I, did, I wasn't playing with them. I was playing with my friends, uh, Adam and Penny. So, so you uh, had six, you allowed six people at the table and we still didn't get it. Didn't get an invite. I'm really and sorry. I actually, guys. I actually sent an email, uh, sent a message to the group last night saying, Bit of a loose end. Anyone want to meet up? And no one replied. No reception in there, mate. Yeah. It's a problem with Drafts, isn't it? So I tell you what, though, on the tube home, a couple came up to me 
on a really busy but quiet, de- deathly silent Jubilee line and said, I uh, just want to say we really love your board games podcast. Aww. So that's a nice thing, isn't it? That's lovely. We Strangers. were in the Bush's Board Game Thing podcast t-shirt. Is that why they... Yeah, and our Zatu fleece and stuff like yeah, that of course, as well. Yeah. The Zatu puffer gilet. Gilet. Uh, we, we, we need to bring out our own fashion line. Watch this space. Uh, before we get stuck <laughs> into the, the meat and veg of this week's episode, uh, we asked a question on our Instagram uh, during the week. Spawned by something we were talking about, I think, on last week's episode, which was first ever jobs. And we've had a fantastic response from you guys at Board Game Thing to get involved. Eloise, what's been going on and coming in over the wires? Um, So, Tour Pro Michelle said she was a ground station agent for Mesaba Airlines. Does that mean that she waves the sticks? The stick waver? No, I reckon ground staff. Was it ground... A ground station Station agent. agent. I think that'll be something to do with selling tickets... On the ground, oh, really? not in the plane. It obviously. does sound it's cool, not like though. A, I, I think planes aren't like buses where you can buy a ticket when you're on board with the conductor. Um, I don't know how to say this person's name. Sparrowho Gaming. Sounds good. It's got a J in it, which I'm assuming is a ho. Um, but their first job, this is very cool, voiceover for a Mexican cartoon alien. Oh, my word. Imagine that being your first game. So, first game, first So job. do you think they were speaking in Spanish or they were doing a Mexican accent? Any other ones? Uh, yeah, Madam H cleaning clearing tables in the Woolies Caf. I didn't know Woolies had a cafe. Oh yeah. Don't you love cafes above department stores and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh. Debenhams cafes. M and S have got one, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Some of my happiest memories are the BHS Caf, which was on the top floor in Wood Green High Street. Oh yes, I've been to that one. Uh, they do a lovely fried breakfast, six oh, or seven fantastic. item fried breakfast. Very fresh rolls there. Lovely rolls. Yeah. Wonderful rolls. Uh, Miss Amy Catherine says that she was paid by the county council to be a school hall monitor at break and lunch times. That's a good job, that. Jason Combat UK, pot wash at my aunt's pub. 13-year-old earning three fifty an hour, rolling in that pick and mix. Oh, what a baller. And also, best part about that is you get to have the old little, little leftover dregs. Oh, dear. I didn't know what that... Yeah. If you're, uh, you know, if you're, you're under the age, you can go round yeah. and just, uh, you know, what's that? Have a little ha- mind sweeping. You get oh, to do mind sweeping. Oh. No. Surely you would just get a fresh one when your aunt wasn't looking. Bush's board game thing. What was your underage drinking uh, drink of choice in a park? Red Stripe. Was it Red Stripe? Yeah. We, big old uh, plastic bottles, squeezy bottles of like white lining, I believe it was yeah. called. It's a, it's a Devon thing, cider we grew up with. What about you, Eloise? Um, my parents actually used to give me Malibu and Coke and Malibu what? and Orange when I was really young. At like what, seven? Tw- <laughs> like 12, I'd say. What? Hang Maybe on, even what, earlier, actually. Child abuse. What's Maybe going on here? As a little treat. Was like training? Have, it would be like at night time and then, and then they'd let me have a Malibu and Coke and Malibu and Orange and I'd sit there with for straw. It's like happy memories for that me. Great. No, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm, do you want me to smash your childhood now? <laughs> I imagine they were like having a drink. No, it was Defo Malibu. And they were having a drink, and they were, like, and then you were like, "Mummy, Daddy, can I have a drink too?" And they were like, "Yes, darling, we'll make you a no. Malibu and Coke." Are you saying there was no alcohol in there? There was no alcohol. Absolutely in it. is. What else? How can you replicate the Malibu flavour? It's very distinctive. It tastes just sweet. It could be anything. No, it tastes coconutty. And ask. Uh, ask anyone who's had a Malibu, they'll tell you. Okay. You've we, had a Malibu. We've had, we've had, Eloise's dad mentioned on this show before. What's his yeah. first name? Steve. Would Steve do us a WhatsApp voice note to confirm that you were given Malibu and Coke? I mean, uh, that is him admitting my to... My dad is rubbish on that. I'll get ask my mum, mum to do it. Just your ask your mum. Ask yeah, your mum. We need to, we, can we get come back on this during the end of this uh, episode? Yes, I'm sure What's your mum called? Teresa. Teresa. Let's see if Teresa can back this up. Corroborate. Ask her, just send her my regards as well. Hey, come on. Come on now. <laughs> No, I'm just, she's a lovely woman. Whilst Eloise is texting her mum during this podcast, yeah. 
Let's talk about this episode. Uh, this episode is all about looking after yourself, uh, positive mental health, uh, people still not being able to meet up at the moment. Uh, it's going to be extended for a few more weeks, that as well. Solo board gaming, we've talked about it before on the show, uh, but uh, it's it's hugely important. It's a good thing uh, to just chill out and relax if you've had a stressful day at work, etc. Uh, so it's all about you time. So, Brian, just whilst Eloise is doing that, what little thing do you do in the week which is just you time, and just be yeah. yourself on yeah. this, because I can so, see your face looks I mean, I do, it, I do it more than more than once a week. Uh, I often do it on my own when everyone's out of the house. Yeah. Um, I usually close the curtains because I don't like the sun getting in my eyes. Please let this be something um, nice. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of preparation involved. The um, nap laying out a lot. You're laying out a lot of things oh. in front of you. Like in an, in an arc. In an arc, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's playing chess on my own. That's not oh. a euphemism. So what I do is I sometimes play chess, and we've got a chess board in in the in the, one of the in the family room. Yeah. And what I do is I play chess with myself. And what you do is you think you think this is what's going to happen. You think I'm going to be totally um, transparent with myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. When I'm playing as the white, I'm going to try my best. When I'm playing as the black, I'm going to try my best and see if I can outfox myself. Yeah. 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 But what tends to happen is I tend to hold a grudge against one of my players so this is me <laughs> and so, in your mind are you, are you, two, are you dressed in two different outfits yeah 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 maybe yeah. one's in a, kind yeah. of like a, a white uh, suit exact, with a roll neck jumper yeah, exact yeah. same silk suits but one's in white one silk one. suit it's a good Brian silk. bad Brian yeah silk wow it's very hot at the moment it's very hot yeah it's yeah. fine there um, it's in a luxury hotel in I the winter it's I imagine a wool suit wool. so the, the game that we had a little look at this week uh, is a fantastic little card game called Arkham Noir so I know there's a load of Arkham games around at the moment based on the HP Lovecraft universe well it's not a universe it's kind of a weird uh, haunted 1920s 1930s America uh, it's not Arkham Horror the living card game or Elder Sign that kind of thing with a big board that takes ages and three or four different players uh, this is a one player kind of coffee break card game beautiful art and what you've got to do is solve a mysterious crime through the uh, putting down these cards. A little bit like playing Solitaire, if you've ever played Solitaire. Yes, I love the card Solitaire. game. It's very calming. It used to be a cracking game back on the early 90s Windows oh, PC. Yes, that's, that's how I taught myself. Yeah. Anyway, the, the whole point of playing this game is that you're supposed to allow your imagination to run wild whilst you play the card game and just, you know, mentally breathe, I kind of call it. Mm. And this is what happened when we all individually had a game of Arkham Noir. Right, here we go then. This is Arkham Noir. Gorgeous little card game. Beautiful card art, as we talked about before. Very nice game to play with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. If you've just got half an hour and you just want a little breakwater between you and having to do work or stress and all that kind of stuff. What you've got to do is solve a murder case. There's two or three murder cases that are on the go. They're needing symbols to be fulfilled for you to be able to get all the pieces of the case together and then solve it. And you're basically just playing cards down into like a little tableau the timer is running all the time on this as well, so the number of cards that you play can mean that the case will time out and you won't be able to solve it. And you've just got to match up the little symbols and build a case against a particular murderer. Play some cards, push things around, give it a go, and unlock your mind. Okay, so I'm trying to solve the uh, disappearance of the teacher, Joel Manton. He's looking for an eye symbol or a magnifying glass. Let's see, I've got... Whole eaten through heart, which is a little bit sinister, but I'm going to put that down here. Do you know what I like about this is whilst I'm playing it, I'm not thinking about anything else, and I feel like my mind can run free like a horse. Like, you know, like the horse on the Lloyd's advert on the beach, like that. Like Black Beauty, like Black Beauty, like Black Beauty. Imagine that, imagine riding bareback on a horse, no saddle or anything, and completely naked, down a local beach. St. Mary's Bay in 
Devon, where I grew up. Completely nudie down there, riding up and down. Get lost, come ride naked if I want. Get back in the car, you've got nothing to see here. Come on, Black Beauty, let's go. Time is running down a little bit. So I'm trying to solve this case from Walter Gilman. He is a student. He's got a very sharp suit on. The best thing I think about this game is that my mind just sort of drifts around. It just feels quite calming. 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 Would you rather eat a frozen dog poo and you have to eat it really slow or a hot dog poo but you get to eat it really fast? This one has got a matching magnifying glass. Ooh, we've got two victims. We've got Joel Manton, teacher. It looked like he had it coming to him, to be fair. And Frank Elwood, who was a student. What's quite good about this game, actually, is uh, you've guessed it, it's coming, guys. It's almost like putting your brain on standby mode. So the computer's still doing things, but your brain is like getting up to all sorts of behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Tell you what I'd love to see a behind the scenes documentary about Avatar. What's going on there? It's been 11 years, there's still no sequel. What's James Cameron hiding? I reckon Pandora really exists. But what I can't quite work out is how James Cameron managed to find a planet full of blue cats and then film them and then bring it back to Earth. Mm. I need to find the ma- match-up a magnifying glass. Uh, at the moment, we've got Brown Jenkin, a familiar, which is like a little creature. Cryptic papers that we found. Meadow Hill. I'd love to fly on the back of like a really big seagull. Do you ever just sometimes just want to let yourself go at the top of some stairs and roll down, fall down, load of stairs like at um, the Waterstones in Piccadilly? I'd love to do that. Roll right to the bottom. Getting closer now, although I'm running out of cards. I think if I get one more symbol, I'll be able to sign. Oh, I'm getting somewhere now. What I've got to do, I think, is... Uh... Some days, I just dream about walking down the street and just screaming what I think of people in their faces. You're an idiot. You're ugly. All right, Egghead. You've got no eyebrows. Billy Big Air. You're not advertised. And I think that's because... The artwork, because it's drawn in like, like sort of like weird black and white... Do you know what, right? One time, I was in Paris, right? And I saw a man squatting between two cars doing a poo. He was in a business suit as well. There's not a day that goes by when I don't think about what that man was doing and what life choices led him to that point. Mad. Poo in between two cars. Oh, okay. So then I can take that off the board. That says any, so I can match that to any. So I'd just tie Black Beauty up then and then just still naked to go up into the trees and like make a base or something. So I can stay up in my little base and no one can even find me. Not even the police. They can't touch me. One minute, the police. One minute, the police. I'm solving a crime. Solving a crime. Solving a crime. Ah, there you go. Unfortunately, ran out of time. Not enough cards to see through the case. I only solved one. Nowhere near being... Detective of the Year. Hooded figures that are next to him. Um, I think I'm going to do is go down to my boots or something, and you know, right by the tills, I'm just going to take all of the tissues and the, and the and the chewing gum and just take them and run. And it's just a perfect crime. A crime. It's a crime. I'm supposed to be solving a crime. 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 I've run out, and so I've been taken off the case, which is a bit brutal, you know. Oh, I like this card. It's a guy with. Um... I know there's no way of really proving this, but I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that if I was transported back in time to the medieval age, within a month max, I would be their sort of god king and they'd worship me. And then I... Imagine if your toes were made of chocolate, you could just eat your toes. No, this isn't... And they grow back each night. Whoa, this is my flight of fancy, mate. What are you doing in my head? Imagine Get out of my head. And also, wouldn't your feet melt if you were wearing woolen socks? Let's not get into that. Get out of my head. 
hang on, what am I doing in my head? I'm supposed to be out there solving a murder. Murder? Murder! Nice though, it makes me feel relaxed. I feel like I've feel like I've managed to get a bit of me time. So that was Arkham Noir, and you can buy, there's a few different cases of it that you can buy in terms of different cases to solve. You can get them from Zatu's website right now. Kind of took a weird it's turn, a turn, didn't it? Yeah. Turn, I mean. Weird turn. Those microphones are very powerful if they're picking up, you know, what's going on inside our minds. It's quite mm. interesting to hear what is actually going on within each of our minds yeah. as well. Because, like, yeah. you know, Eloise is sat there, she's talking about stuff, but do we know what she's, really, know thinking? What she's really thinking? never know what she's really thinking. Sometimes I don't even know. It's a mystery to all of us. Have a little look out for it on Zatu's website. It's time for Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Oh, I'm ready. I tell you what, guys, I am ready. Mad for it. I felt like... So we've gone through a bit of an arc at the minute with my Board Game Fact of the Week. First of all, Eloise sort of got inside my head. Negging, you were calling it last week. She's negging me. uh, But then last week I felt like I brought it back. Yeah, you did. There's some great facts. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Exactly. Yeah, went down I a tree. They were good. They so were good. I'm going to keep with that theme of trying to, you know, theme it. The theme. You're going to theme the theme. The theme, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I've already. I've, You've ruined it already, mate. I've lost it already. Absolutely. Damn it. Damn it He's damn got it, the yips. Pull it back. Pull it back. Come on. So, solo games. Solo stuff, right? Yeah. What I'm going to do is, I've gone and had a look at the Guinness Book of Records. Uh huh. Guinness World Book of Records. And I've looked for interesting solo records people have done on their own. Set world records. I'm going to give you the unit and see if you can guess what it is. I like the sound of that. that right? Bit of a quiz. Please yeah. play along whilst so first, listening to this podcast. First, um, first one. Nick Sturbel, right from Monterey, California, holds the Guinness Book of World Records for having the longest measuring 10.10 centimeters. I'd give mm. you his nickname, but it would give it away. It's got it, the longest. Has he got a really big middle finger? You know, you get those monkeys that tap on yep. trees to see if there's any bark. Uh, Eloise, what do you think? Uh, foot. Foot. He's got the longest foot in the world. <laughs> Imagine that. Biggie Not foot. feet. She didn't say, no, she didn't oh, say feet. No, I'm going to change it. What? Nail. Oh. oh. No, close. His nickname is The Lick. He's got uh. the world's longest tongue. Ten oh. centimetres. I think I've got a long tongue. Have you? Well, should we yeah. measure it and see if it's longer than uh, Nick the Lick? <laughs> Fully extend your tongue, Eloise. Let's see. Yeah, that's, no, that's not 10 That is quite 12. a long tongue, It's not though. close to 10 centimetres, though. It comes down to just underneath her chin, which I, I don't know if a tongue should do that. Dalibor Jablon, J- Jablonovic oh, from yeah. Serbia, yeah. right? He holds a world record for putting 79 watt on his body. This is like Brian's blankety-blank. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> blankety-blank, ah, blankety-blank. Um, so he put 79... On his body. On what? his body. Piercings. Leeches. Oh, good. both very good guesses. Oh. Spoons. It was spoons. Spoons? 79 spoons. <laughs> Where did he put them? I can have some one on the you end of the nose. You know those people that like the balance them on the... They sort of stick to your body. <laughs> what if you lie down? You can get them anywhere. Yeah. No, he was standing up. up at the time. That's oh, the right, okay. <laughs> that would be a really unimpressive record. <laughs> piling cutlery on him. So. <laughs> Come on, mate. Get up. <laughs> My mum and dad are coming over 79 doesn't seem that much, you know. I think we could beat that. Anyway, let's, the last one, Odilon Ozer set the world record for making the world's tallest what in 2018. It was, I'll tell you what it was. It was uh, 15 feet and 9 inches. And he was required to walk 10 metres with it. Oh. For it to, I was going to say the record. House of Cards, but then you don't normally have to move if you've done a House of Cards. So. Uvu. Uwu? No, it's not an uwu. <laughs> Biggest uwu. Yeah, no. I, I think he, yeah, that was someone else. Um, a, p- a pile of 
pint glasses towered up on a tray. Good he show. made it though. He made this thing. Yeah, give you uh, one last chance. What do you mean? You, you can't make, make a, a stack of toast. Stack of toast. Not pint glass. Oh, a, a tower of pint no, glasses. No, world's tallest hat. <laughs> Oh. What? Well, told his hat. He made a, a hat 15 feet, 9 inches tall. He sounds like a and time waste. He walked, he walked around with it in, in for 10 metres. And also, I can't really see how tall the hat is because they couldn't get back far enough to show the top of it. There That's a go. good point. Well, there you go. That's three I amazing... Think I'm back. I think I'm back. I think that's good. I liked all them. Yeah, great. Celebrating uh, the brilliance of sometimes just doing stuff on your own. It's Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. That's good. Here is... <laughs> A little top ten for you uh, of top ten solo board games. I'm a huge fan of solo board games. We're going to be talking to uh, the master of talking about solo board games, Ricky Royal, on this uh, podcast in the next five minutes. So stick with us on that. In the meantime, will you guys do the numbers and then I'll do the countdown? Can we even get any chart music? I think legally we can't do the... I was singing that other one. You remember Wizard? Is it Wizard? The Wizard that goes... That was it. Here are my top ten solo board games of all time. So if you can shout ten. Three, two, one. Ten. Gloomhaven. Jaws of the Lion. Brand new game out at the moment. It's huge. If you can leave it set up on the table, it's a really good solo game. Nine. Arkham Noir. We just played it a minute ago. And we went inside our own minds. In a new entry, in at number eight. Arkham the Living Card Game. Arkham Horror. It's been around for years. Loads of expansions. A great game to play it, on the is train. Is it actually living? Does it, it go it on? Lives. Do you need to put it in the fridge? It, it, it's, it's got its mind of its own. Okay, fine. Next one. What number are we on? Seven. <laughs> Robinson Crusoe. We've got to play this at some point. The board game about surviving on a deserted island. You've got a hump for fish. Whoa, 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 whoa. Solo games. He famously had Man Friday. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can play it on your own. You can play it up to four people. It's one of my favourites. Gotcha, gotcha, And gotcha. it's brutal. Next one. Six. GMT's coin series. Eloise, you're going to love this. Yeah. Counterinsurgency games about famous revolutions. Oh, that's it's got it's Eloise written, written all, all over it. right up my street. It's got flowcharts for the AI solo bots. Tell me more. Against. Eloise, just quickly off the top of your head, yeah. who is your favourite ever insurgent? Oh, too many to mention. Well, so just mention ones. one. Just mention one. Rob. Favourite ever. Rob. Rob. <laughs> Rob the insurgent. Rob. Insurgent Rob, I think he's called, isn't he? Fantastic. Thanks for it, Eloise. Next Five. one. Labyrinth, The War on Terror. Volko Runke's fantastic game about America versus uh, terrorism after the uh, attacks on the World Trade Center. Next one. In four. I know, let me just, I'm going to take over here. Okay, fine. Moving down uh, three places since last week. It's uh, number four. It's Everdell, the fantastic game about... Um, a laptop you just can't turn off. <laughs> no. It's about a game where you, uh, it's wildlife fighting each other. We've talked about it before. You get a little stand-up wooden tree, which is an amazing thing. Next one. Two. You're not giving it enough. I'll do number it's one, three. thanks. Right? Okay, fine. Three, anyway, oh. for a start. <laughs> right? Now, let me just do this. I'll oh, take over. Do you know what? I regretted it because I got panicked at the first one. Uh, no and move, I... no move after two weeks for number three. Renegades, <laughs> the brilliant futuristic game by Ricky Royal, who we're going to speak to in a minute. Number two in our top ten board games solo play of all time, uh, Parks, a awesome game about running a national wildlife park. And drinking cans of lager when the gates are shut. Time <laughs> ski and spraying stuff on the side of um, burnt-out trains. And then finally, the number one. Can you both say one at the same time? Well, no, let me just, uh, let, me just let me just do number one. And a brand new entry straight in at number one. Uh, so hot off the press, it's number one. one. The ultimate daddy of solo board gaming, it's Mage Knight. It takes ages to play. The rules are a bit of a nightmare, but when you get it down, it's one of the best solo games of all time. Check them out on Zatu's website now. Woo, woo, woo! Number one was 
late. Yeah, too late now. Don't, why are you bringing it out now? <laughs> yeah, you should have done that before. You should have done that at like number six and well, seven. You, I had a confidence crisis. Well, you're, well, just pull it together. Your low energy number two is going to haunt me for the rest of this episode. Right now on Board Game Thing, uh, our new little regular weekly feature where Eloise provides a much-needed backstory to some of the two-dimensional characters that you see on Board Game Box cover art. And you think to yourself... What's their story? Who are we talking about this week? This week, uh, the request from you guys was to do the man on the operation front cover. Oh, what was his God, problem? What's his story? Yeah, what what his led story? him to that point where he's lying cut open? Wow. He's not even... I mean, is he, is he... I mean, you'll tell us when you do the backstory. But he's got he, lost. Is he even under general anesthetic? That's a good point. He seems Who are to be these butchers operating on him? <clears throat> what, what has he got? The, some of the things he's got inserted in him are questionable to say. I know, I know, right? Don't worry, I've got all the answers you Fantastic. require. Here we go. Okay, first of all, his name is Cavity Sam. And is that his real name, or have you just made that up? That's his real name. That's uh, that's that's you know. I start off a base, and I've just got to find out their real name, and then I f- and then I work out their story. That's amazing. That's the big case of nominative 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 determinism, where well, your name is who you are. I so is think, he really called Cavity Sam? Yeah, and for me, there's not enough alliteration there. It should have I been bet like he's fun at parties. Cavity <laughs> Calvin or something, shouldn't it? If I knew, if I heard of someone called Cavity Sam, I think that they did a trick where they could do something awful yep. at a party. Yeah. Okay. Well, Cavity Sam. He's got a congenital... He's got con- congenital anglesia. What's that? Is that how you say that? I hope I've so. never heard of it. Anglesia? Yeah, it's a condition in which a person can't feel physical pain. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. He also suffers from anhedonia, anhedonia, <laughs> which is where he can't feel pleasure. Um, oh, but the, the, the flip side is there's no pleasure either. Yeah. Oh, so it's like but he's in a purgatory, he, isn't he? Why has he got a big smile on his face, though, in the game? Well... Listen, Sam wants to feel. He wants to feel the softness of his dog's fur and the touch of a lady's lips. This has gone into really strange territory. And he like wants to feel... It's like fan fiction. And he wants to feel how hot the bath is. And he wants to yeah, feel yeah. what it's like to have baked beans all over your body. So Sam has been visiting a dominatrix for the past five years because oh, he wants to feel it's something. He's been going to the extreme lengths. Uh, he's tried electric shocks to the nips and other bits. He's tried bites, scratches, piercings and hot pokers, swift kicks to the balls and nothing. Nothing could make him feel a damn thing. God, but these so, visits so cost a happened, lot. What's happened now? They cost a lot. He's had five years of these visits. Oh, I, I know where this is going. He's got bills to pay and I rent. Know where this is going. And he needs the money. But fortunately, because of his condition, Sam is an ideal candidate for surgeon training and there's big money in medical trials. <laughs> this oh particular God. trial, uh, as we can see from the front cover, appears to be operated by a little boy and a little girl. So we're ignoring some child labour restrictions and that back alley vibe of the place because they look like there'd be a dab hand at removing the wishbone and some brain freeze. Oh. Plus, they've attached a red light to his nose that buzzes when it would normally be that he feels pain. So, you know, they're trying their best not oh, to muck like it a, up. They've done a visual system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a modern version of the Twilight. You know, they redid the Twilight Zone recently, and one of the horror stories in it is kids operating on a grown-up. Oh. It's a bit like that. It's just, this yeah. is terrifying. That's probably where they got the idea from, this. It's him, yeah. It's so, Sam Cavity, whatever his name is. There's a bunch of organs to take out. His Adam's apple, that... He gets 100 quid for that. Broken heart, he gets 100 quid. A wrenched ankle, which I think is a sprained ankle, that's 100 quid. Butterflies in his stomach, he gets 100 for that. Spare rib, 150. Oh, I love spare rib. A Charlie horse on the hip gets him 200, though. And um, bread in the stomach is 1,000. So if they get the bread out and... um, all in all, all of his different... Bread out of his stomach. I know. All of his different ailments. Um, it adds up to £3,000. That goes a long way to clearing up those bills. 
ask, this is a lovely backstory. It's a lovely backstory. Can I ask you just a quick question? Yeah. I've got a couple of questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. Shoot. What's with his terrible curtains? Because he's got terrible curtains. I was going to mention that. His hair. His hair's absolutely yeah. What's up with that? Could they not operate on his hair? Well, they could do. They, they do. You can do hair transplants. Plugs. I'm sure that's coming later. You know, it's, it's... Is he is he like that? You know, sometimes you see those people who have had too much plastic surgery and they end up on this morning. Yeah. They look a bit cat-like. Is he a bit like that? He can't <laughs> stop the procedures. Maybe. Do you know what else as well? Like, on an earlier image of the operation, he doesn't have any genitalia. Okay. Oh, right. And what does he have now? Well, now he's got some boxer shorts with hearts on them. <laughs> but before, he had like a stomach that covered the genitalia. So it's either there or not. No one knows. But I think he's had... It would put a, it would put a different twist on playing operation if there was a big, you know, fuzz down there, wouldn't it? Be oh, awful. Cavity Sam. Like a couple of eggs in a bird's nest. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's called Cavity Sam. Really. Well, there you go. Now we have the backstory of Cavity Sam. Yeah. It's har- harrowing, it but it's is. good to know. But what, to watch know. out on our Instagram this week. This has sparked an idea. Um, I think we can come up with some other suggestions for some of the items that people could be pulling out of his yeah. body. So uh, keep an eye out at Board Game Thing for that. Uh, and we'll get your suggestions on it and we'll read them out next week. Oh, in fact, actually, speaking of next week, we've had a request in for a backstory. Talk to Eloise. me. And obviously you can also send your requests in to podcast at zatu.co.uk. Jables102 says, Eloise, please, backstory-wise, I want this question answered. What led the Catan robber to their life of crime? What were they doing before? There was nothing there. It's a good point. So the robber in Catan... Is like a baddie. Mm-hmm. What led them down that path of oh, being? It's like a prequel. Exactly. You know why did they turn bad? And that's it's something. Like, do you know what it's like? It's like Cruella. You know they've made that film Cruella. Yeah. About Cruella Deville. How she became Cruella. That's your task next week. That's what mm-hmm. it is. How did the robber from Catan become the robber? So roughly, when you play Catan, if you roll a seven, you activate the robber, um. and any player that has more than seven resources uh, cards in their hand must return half of them. Uh, to the resource stack. So it kind of brings in this baddie in there. I think when we played it in a previous series of board game thing, if you rolled a seven, because kind of bad stuff happened to you. So it's like, what is the backstory of that guy? We'll find out next week on Board Game Thing. Hope you're enjoying our solo board game episode so far. Uh, Speaking of solo board gaming, it's an honour to introduce to the podcast a man who has a very special place in my heart. Uh, When I started in the hobby... Thank you, mate. It's It's not you, mate. It's not you. (laughs) Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, When I started in this hobby, oh, God, donkey's years ago now, uh, he was invaluable in terms of uh, his teaching videos... Uh, opening the door to some amazing games, not just for me, but for thousands of others as well, uh, from the Box of Delights YouTube channel. It's an honour to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ricky Royal. Uh, Ricky, let's start by asking, uh, when did you discover that you had a knack for explaining games? Because you are an amazing board game explainer. Uh, I've tried to explain things to people before, and it's an absolute nightmare. When did you know that you've got a knack to be able to do this? Um, oh, I didn't know. I think you just told me. No, I, I, I love I love teaching people stuff. It, it work. I love teaching people stuff. Um, not only does it make me look clever, but it, it, it's a it's a good way for me to remember stuff because I can play it back in my head. So I'm kind of teaching myself. But I've got a, I've got a way of um, learning things. I'm not. I can pick things up, but. If I can explain them to myself, then I can explain them to other people. Maybe that's that. Uh, and, you know, in terms of the, the, the thing where you're explaining board games to people on YouTube and all that kind of thing, uh, it, it, I want to say a huge thank you for you for doing it because you've given up your time to do that kind of thing. Uh, it must, hey, for, say, like a 10-minute long video of an of a, of a explanation of a board game, how, how much work goes into that? Is that a lot of behind-the-scenes editing and all that kind of stuff? 
No, not for me. I know a lot of people like to write a script and stuff, but I kind of, you, you have to, the way I do it is I just get to know the game. And if I get to know what I'm talking about, then I feel comfortable talking about it. So I think that's the biggest thing is know, know your game. So whenever I get, um, get rules wrong, you can all shout at me and go, know your game, Ricky. Um, <laughs> because that's the main thing. Just spend time with it and just in, enjoy it. And, and uh, understand it, yeah. Are you, are you quite a calm? You're, you're quite a calm person, and don't take this the wrong way because I love watching your videos. I watch your videos sometimes to just calm down a little bit. I, if our daughter's up in the night, I'll sit her downstairs, and and you know, if Thea's up, sometimes we'll watch uh, Ricky explaining uh, um, Robinson Crusoe or um, uh, Cruel Necessity was the first ever uh, Ricky Royal video I, I watched. The game that you explained, and you've got a very calming Zen type way about you. Have you had people uh, mention that to you in other, not just the board games? style of things but other lines of work and everything as well um i've had on on board gaming yeah some people have said like the bob ross yeah it's like i mean i used to sit up with my dad uh, and he would make me watch open university like if i was up in the night as, as a kid there was only like one thing on it be open university that obviously it's not rubbed off on me look at the state of me but i'm hoping that some way that you know thea will turn out to be a pro gamer because she's been watching ricky royal videos sat there with a slice of toast and marmite at three o'clock in the morning you know what i mean so well, one other thing about your videos which which are unique ricky is that you're not you're not on camera was that a conscious thing to think i don't want to be i don't want to be like to camera on these videos um, a conscious thing, maybe a self-conscious thing. It's um, I wanted to make first and foremost, I wanted to make films about a subject, and then the subject became board games. It wasn't about me, so um, yeah, I think I, I don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, so I don't, I don't. I mean, I have, I do now and again, and then I always think, oh, look at that, what a mess, you know. Take twelve, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just get on and play. I'm just um, sharing what I like about playing games with people so and i and i think you know board game rules are leaning more and more now towards videos and, and a visual way of teaching which is a fantastic thing uh, the, the the topic of this week's uh, podcast we've been talking a lot about um solo board game ricky you're a, a huge advocate of solo gaming you you, you know uh, one of the first videos I watched was, you know, you playing games solo and it was kind of a new thing to me at the time. Uh, in these strange times of, uh, you know, stress at work and mental health and lockdown, uh, solo board gaming is more important than ever before, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not just solo gaming, but also being able to play games like we're doing on Zoom, you know, we're like we're talking on Zoom. So there's, there's different people have discovered new ways to play. And I think one of those new ways has been, solo because people are kicking their heels and wondering what to do with themselves they want to play games they can't get with their mates so they can't you know they can't get with their family even um so a lot of people have discovered solo gaming in the last year and a half um and also i think it's important for folks like yourselves to you know who are waving the flag for solo gaming and letting people know and indeed board gaming in general and letting them know what board game gaming today is about because it's it's a, it's a growing um, hobby, as you know, and um, there's so much um, stereotypes of what board gaming is being broken down by showing people new games and teaching them what modern gaming is all about. And definitely, yeah, for, for for solo gaming, it is a great way to, like I say, just escape from you know all the rest of the pressures that, that we. We, we suffer today in our, our different lives. Well, and then any other uh, projects on the horizon at the moment, uh, Ricky? I know you have uh, a lot of irons and many fires. Anything that you can give us a little steer on that your next thing that you're up to? Uh, well, we're, we are doing a remaster for Renegade. It won't be called Renegade anymore. Um, oh. 
we've got a working title which is um uh, well it's kind of should i say yeah yeah so we've got a working title of deckers living in electric dreams um Ooh. so it's kind of it's the same game we've renamed it we've i've refined it i've made um it compatible with the first edition with more content so i'm working on that um I've signed a contract for a new game with a local um, games publisher in Melcham up the road. Um, so we're looking to do that next year. So that will be like a tableau building game where I'm the designer again. And then alongside that, I've got quite a few collaboration stuff going on. Huge thank you for uh, the, the work you put into opening the doors of these games, which sometimes can be formidable and a little bit circling of the wagons for people who are just wanting to get into the hobby. So we really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that was cool. Right, this is Bush's Board Game Thing. A huge thank you to Ricky Royal and check out his uh, YouTube channel, Box of Delights, for more info on what he gets up to. In the meantime, uh, let's do the pitch, the weekly feature where you guys get in touch with us and tell us your idea, a la Dragon's Den, for a board game that hasn't been made yet. This one is from at the Bebo on Twitter, a.k.a. Chris Bebbington, and he's come up with an the absolute... Bebster. The Bebmeister General. Oh. <laughs> he's come up with an absolute cracker of a board game. Have a listen to this. Hi board game thing, it's Chris here. My idea for a new board game is Crack or Pube. Imagine you've got up to four players and you've got pictures of a place or maybe a tile and you've got to decipher whether or not it is actually a crack or a pube on the place or on the tile. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. It's a good point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Slight variation. Do you ever play Cock or Ball? Yes. I've, I have played that before. Where yeah. you show a bit of skin yeah. and you've got... <laughs> what is it? Is it the... And as you get older, it's harder to differentiate between the two. It is, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I love this. But it, that means you, this is more like a family-friendly version of that in a board game. You can't just, you Is know, it still family-friendly? I'm not um, sure if it's... Um, cool, because it's a crack in a tile. Would you play or that with your daughter? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But when I say family-friendly, it could be you, uh, your brothers and sisters, right. yeah. and your grown-up kids. But so that, in my mind, it's just photos of either a crack or a pube. Or is he talking about doing a board game where you put loads of pubes in it? Because they'd get lost. I think. And also, how do you know which pubes are from the official board game? Which I know that'd be, I mean, the, the sorting pubes. out, it would just be absolutely horrendous. Uh, Chris, well done. Thank you. Thank you so much I for that. I think that's the worst one we've had. Zato will be no, over the, the moon. One. The best one. <laughs> They'll be over the moon with that. The worst, that. best. Uh, and you've won yourself a... to see the Kickstarter for this very, very... <laughs> very, very... Watch this space. Keep an eye out or on Zatu's pl- pl- website. Pluck starter. Pluck Sorry, starter. we're thank interrupting you. what he wins. Go uh, on. He wins himself a Zatu dice tray. So, Chris, thank you very much for that. Uh, it's nearly time to go. Thank you for your company this week. Thank you again to Ricky Raw for his brilliant intel. Has Theresa been back in touch? She has. Yes. Let's hear what she says. So, the question we asked at the start of the podcast was... When Eloise was given Malibu and Coke by her parents as a child, maybe the age of seven or eight years old, was there any alcohol in it? Teresa is about to confirm or uh, sort it out one way or the other. I see. Hello, darling. Yes, um, Malibu and Coke it was. And I think you were probably ooh, 14 or 15. Oh, my God. Oh, a bit think. older. I'm not too sure. But yeah, it's definitely Malibu and Coke. Okay, bye-bye. She's a proud as punch about that as yeah, well, isn't she? I mean, she? I would be like, what, what is this being used for? What, what's happening here? I'm not going to admit to anything in public, but there she is, bold as brass. Do you know the interesting thing? One final thing before we, we wrap up this week's episode. I, I did a year abroad in America, and one thing that struck me when you go to America is that they're not trained to drink in the same way as British kids are. Okay, so they, they discover drink at 21. Yeah, they do, don't they? And then they absolutely lose it because yeah. they don't know how they don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Suddenly there's drink everywhere. As you have been told before, whenever I get free reign to drink, I go feral. 
including the one time I went to that bottomless brunch and I robbed a bottle of wine from the from the uh, from the store cupboard because it was open and immediately smashed it. Oh my! God. And then I was putting uh, it was bottomless and I wanted to make sure we got as much bottomless as Did possible. So I filled up the vases with. Prosecco. Oh my god. This is outrageous. <laughs> I know. Well, what, what a bombshell ending to a Bush's board game yeah. thing for this week. Check out all the games we've been talking about on Zatu's website and we'll see you in the next one.